Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey guys, on the monorail, going to eat at Pinocchio Village House. I cannot wait. I love that place. Man, I love Pinocchio. We need to talk so much about him. I'll host an episode on him if you guys want. I'm so excited. I'm just going to keep saying Tao of Pooh, Tao of Pooh. I should probably mention the live action version because, you know, I love it. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about all the live action movies. Tao of Pooh. All the live action movies. And the movie barely acknowledges Italy as the setting, but why don't we really focus on that? Tao of Pooh. Guys, focus. We're talking about Pinocchio here. Tao of Pooh. Okay, Chris, do you have a top 10 list for us? <laughs> Guys! Welcome to episode 239 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Chris. Today we're giving the his on Pinocchio. And right now we're recording live for our Goof Troop. We have a full chat room here with Goof Troop. Everyone talk continuously. Um, if you do not know what I'm talking about, you can join our Goof Troop by being part of our Discord. And you get to our Discord by being our Patreon. And you get to our Patreon by going to our social media and going to our link tree. And from there, you get to our Patreon. You can join for $2 a month. That's the lowest. But if you want to be part of giveaways in future giveaways, it would be higher than $2 a month. Trust me, it's worth it. And then from there, you can join our Discord, have daily Disney talks with Disney adults, just like you and me. We're normal people. Even though you're at work and no one wants to talk about Disney, we're out there. You just have to find us. And uh, also from Linktree, you can also go to our Public where we do have merchandise. Chris made an amazing, an amazing Steamboat Willie shirt. Since that was actually Walt Disney. I just put Diz His on top of it. What? That was actually the art artistry of, uh, of uh, people that are employed by Disney. I just copy and pasted it. I know, but you made so. a shirt. I did exactly. I, well, actually, those are, the, those are the good people over at T Public. <laughs> but I did upload a graphic of right. Uh, so you shirt. made the shirt, and, uh, and it's gonna go sorts. out eventually. <laughs> and uh, yeah, head over there because it is good. Um, ah man, that's all I got on my end. Yeah, me too. Except for the fact that if you want to send us an email, you can at dishispod at gmail .com. Tell us anything you want. We don't care. We'll read it. If you haven't already, please go and give us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. We'll wait. Okay, that was plenty of time. All right. Thanks for doing that for us. It's the Pinocchio episode. And to help us with the Pinocchio episode, we thought, why not bring on our, you know, he's our classic Disney aficionado, even though he's been on Earth... You, uh, less time than the majority of us in the Discord server. He seems to know the majority about the things that are, I don't know, super old, some kind of weird lifestyle he's living. But we like to bring on RJ. Welcome back, RJ. Thank you for having me back. You guys have had some super exciting episodes since I've been gone as well. You had what, Nick from Sandpiper Vacations and No New Friends for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs starting out the Golden Age series yeah. continuing today. The human version of Donald Duck, Ryan for Donald Duck. Ah, you had right. Scott from No New Friends for Festival of the Holidays. You had Remy from Remy's Roundtable for Babes in Toyland. Dane from Big Beautiful Disc for Wonders of Life. You guys have been on a roll. 
lately. So I'm excited to continue, hopefully continue that role. A lot today. of pressure. <laughs> a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. Um, so today we're doing Pinocchio. And if you don't know, it was released in 1940. Pinocchio was Disney's second feature length animated film. The film truly propelled the story of a living wooden puppet who became a real boy to a worldwide stage. But perhaps its greatest influence in popular culture has been his iconic soundtrack and its gorgeous animation, which is still praised by critics today. Chris, your point of view on Pinocchio really fast? Really like it. Yeah, really like the movie a lot. Wow. Put that on a shirt. Chris, really like it. <laughs> you said short, all right? <laughs> no, it's a lot it, of like you. I was going to say, I was going to say that was short just like you. It was perfect. Um, uh, I am a, not a fan of this movie. I've watched it a handful of times and, uh, I am not a fan of it. I, I like it in concept. It's just too long. There's too many sm- sh- uh, slow parts. Um, but we'll get more into that later. RJ, you love this film, right? I do. We, we kind of have a history. It's kind of like, you know, the girl whose hair you kind of pulled back in elementary school and you end up dating her in high school. Like this film and I did not get along when we were kids. Yeah. I thought on this film absolutely terrifying. It gave yes. me nightmares. I couldn't watch this film for the longest time because it is almost certainly Disney's darkest film. Maybe only the Black Cauldron and like the Rescuers are up there with this one. It's terrifying. And then the older that I got, the more I would rewatch this film and realize the animation's gorgeous. I love the characters. Like Jiminy Cricket's incredible. Honest John is one of the few Disney villains that actually doesn't get his comeuppance at the end of the film at all he's never vanquished and i mean the music is so catchy i've Mm. i've really grown to love the artistry and beauty of this film even if it terrified me more than judge claude frollo as a child Uh, i share a similar opinion to you rj it's one that grows on you as you get older i think i had the same experience with snow white i didn't love snow white when i was younger but when you're older you can appreciate that like classic artist uh artistry like you said and animation style now before the show started rj said that this was a top five uh disney animated film of all time correct that's what you said i did indeed so i looked up uh through rotten tomatoes the top disney animated films so oh, i yeah, wanted Pinocchio to that's 100 i wanted to right. it's the only film with 100 mm-hmm. so that's that comes in at number one so there's 77 so i do want to read all 77 77 um there should only be 73, what, 73 if you count wish it says 73 on here so. so they must be including some that aren't part of the disney animated canon yeah um so anyway it does not say Disney animated canon. It just says Disney animated okay. movies. That's probably why. They probably have like Brave Little Toaster or some random stuff. Pro- like probably, Brave but I do, I, I do want to ask. I do want to ask you guys. Um, I, I would, do want to read the top ten just because I think it's very on par. This Remy's Roundtable. Are we going to guess the top ten and you tell us what spot they're in? Well, what movies do you think could be in the top ten? I think Snow number White. I, Snow White comes in at number um number five at ninety seven percent. That's a really high one. Some of these Little are Mermaid, a Little Mermaid. I think Beauty and the Beast. Beauty probably. and the Beast is number ten at ninety three. Some of these are not. I, I don't think. Like I, I agree with Pinocchio being number one, but I'm just gonna run through it now that you had a couple guesses. Number ten, Beauty and the Beast, ninety three percent. Fantasia, nineteen forties Fantasia, ninety five percent at number nine. You'll be covering that next month. Dumbo's ninety five percent as well. Yes, which I cannot wait. Uh, Dumbo at 95%, Aladdin at 95%, Love which Aladdin. is interesting. 
Uh, so good. Then coming in, this is a little surprising. Number, number six, Moana at 95%. It's amazing. Ooh, not my favorite. Yeah, I did not think Moana was a great movie. It was a great uh, soundtrack, though. I love Moana. I it's one of my favorite. Yeah. Moana is one of my favorite movies because of the soundtrack. The soundtrack's the only thing I actually enjoy from that movie. Yeah, I, I just think it wasn't and a the complete. Setting, the setting's cool. Yeah, I didn't think it was a complete. What uh, you're movie. describing anyway, is Encanto. It's Encanto as well, correct. I vibe with Encanto more than Moana. I uh, say, I th- but we're going to get torn apart in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Snow White's at number five, like I said, 97. Cinderella at 98% at number four. 101 Dalmatians, another one of my favorites. Ooh, uh, 98%. Now, number two, this is a gar- this makes us a garbage list. Number two, Zootopia. Ooh. I like Zootopia. My wife is not a fan. It's a good movie. But like it's not a top ten no, no. animated Disney movie. Um, but I vibe with it. But like, uh, I do appreciate good. all the classic Raya. Actually, Raya and the Last Dragon comes in at number eleven on. Oh wow, I've never that's s- a very that underrated, underrated movie. movie. I've never seen. Yeah, I've never seen that. Oh, one, watch so it. It's I good. Do. Really? Yeah, that one's that one's it's on really my good. list of. Uh, now coming in at number seventy three, The Jungle Book two. Unfortunately, <laughs> oh, that's not even Disney animated can. That's direct to video. So they're including direct. They are. Yeah, classes. they are. Hey, um, as much as I love this, but we're spending way too much time on this, guys. So, it's too much fun. So, <laughs> Home on the Range, actually, uh, number 63. Bottom 10, but not the bottom. Can we that. reverse Chris from a real boy into a marionette? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to his on Pinocchio. Ben Sharpstein, a director for Walt, suggested him that they make a film based on Carlo Collodi's children's novel, The Adventure of Pinocchio. Carlo Collodi was born in Italy in 1826. His mother was a seamstress who would go on to attend the College of Scolopi. During the Italian Wars of Independence in 1848 and 1860, Carlo volunteered with the Tuscan army. In between such wars, Carlo wrote for the satirical newspaper that was released in 1853, which was later censored by an order of the Grand Duke of Tuscany. In 1854, he published his second newspaper, The Controversy. After the Second War, he published his first notable work called Mr. Alberi is Right, which was a political and cultural look at life in Italy. Carlo would continue this until the mid-70s when he fell out of love with Italian politics and decided to turn his sights on writing children's literature instead. His first set of work involved translating French fairy tales into Italian until he wrote his own novel named Giannettino, which explored the unification of Italy the actions of the character Giantino. Carlo loved the idea of using a character to express his own ideals, so in 1880 he began writing the story of a marionette, later renamed The Adventures of Pinocchio, which was published weekly by the newspaper for children. The story followed the mischievous adventures of an animated marionette named Pinocchio who came to life after being carved by a woodcarver named Geppetto. These child stories ran for almost four months until it was stopped by the publisher, but after readers demanded for it to return, it went on to continue for a year. In February of 1883, the stories were compiled and published into a single book, instantly becoming a children's classic. The story was so popular that it would go on to be translated into 260 languages worldwide, making it one of the world's most translated books. The book would eventually be adapted into a silent Italian film in 1911, but had never entered significantly into American popular culture. Walt liked the idea of creating this classic novel into a cartoon and told storyboard artist Bianca Maioli to write a story outline for the book. 
Have you guys actually read the Pinocchio book before? I don't, I don't read. Come yeah, on. I don't read either. So I actually own it, oh! as it turns out. Dang. Wow, that, that um, is in fact Pinocchio. I read it a few years ago, and by a few years ago, I mean probably like 10 years ago. But You were like seven. Ill- yeah, potentially. <laughs> it is a children's book. Is it? Okay. The, yeah. How, how was it? Um, It's creepy. Mm. It's because Jiminy Cricket gets killed off in like the first scene. Yeah, I love all my children books creepy. Well, then you might like this one. It's interesting <laughs> because the illustration in this version, although they were made in like, I think, 1974 based on the copyright date, they're based on the description from the book, which means that we end up with really creepy descriptions that look nothing like <laughs> what you would see in the movie. It's like a circus act or something. It's really strange stuff, but the book is just so incredibly dark and demented. Mm-hmm. It's, in my opinion, probably darker than a lot of Grimm's fairy tales. Really? Wow. Because Pinocchio, think about Caillou for a moment. Please Pinocchio's don't. more of a brat than Caillou, <laughs> and like... I, he kills Jiminy Cricket. That's that's not a good thing. Oh, yeah, not not a great spoiler. Thing. Yeah, he does. Wow. Yeah, not. Wow. It's uh, definitely a difference. Which we get into history later, but yeah, they definitely changed it because they had to. Walt wasn't going to do that. Makes sense. Though. I'd probably do the same thing, right? You'd kill Jiminy Cricket. I, someone just nagging you all the time from right from wrong. That's like, I don't know. Chris, you can't even kill ants. How are you going to kill a cricket? <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd like put him in a little mason jar let him outside you call him mason cricket <laughs> oh, was we were all supposed to read a book for this episode what were you doing we man? were oh i read the i read the bible oh, which okay. they yes. they say is the only book more translated than pinocchio that's pretty crazy that's insane that's really that's really crazy. like why why <laughs> that is so, that's, that's a, <laughs> most translated book the bible coming in number th- number two any guesses i don't know the quran <laughs> pinocchio <laughs> I, I don't know how much that holds up now but that's what it said in multiple sources said that <laughs> that's pretty crazy so if there's like some kid in like zimbabwe that just wants to read pinocchio i guess they can yeah that's kind of cool mm-hmm. all right coming in at number 73 on most translated books of all time <laughs> okay so actually i'm reading here um as as list of literary works by number of translations um the bible number one number two the little prince never read that one number three adventures of pinocchio wow number four dao di jing don't don't hurt yourself what yeah who's it by uh he probably won't pronounce that either laozi it's in classical dude it's chinese philosopher laozi the guy who did like the Tao of Pooh? The ta- the Tao the t- the, the Tao of Pooh. Oh. Oh yeah, I read that in third grade. <laughs> Originally, Bambi based on the book by Felix Sultan was scheduled to be released as the second feature. However, as artists started to read the story of Pinocchio, they decided it would be easier to produce and moved it up in the production schedule. But the team was mistaken and Pinocchio brought its own difficulties that had to be overcome. The artist had difficulties deciding how to design Pinocchio. In the original book's design, he resembled an actual puppet with geometrical shapes. But after animator Milt Call worked on the underwater scene for the film, he took a new approach to drawing Pinocchio. Call decided to draw a boy and then make him look like a puppet, instead of the traditional puppet looking like a boy. Milt presented this to Walt, and Walt loved the look, despite this meaning that they would have to redraw the character after 18 months of work already completed. This also helped the team develop how they designed other characters who were in the film, like Jiminy Cricket. 
Not only was Pinocchio's exterior altered from his original design, but also his morality. Carlo wrote Pinocchio as a rambunctious boy who would do naughty and cruel acts before he learned right from wrong. This original concept was used by production for a bit, until Walt decided he did not like this wisecracking character, so the team had to rework it. They decided to make Pinocchio more innocent, with a lack of knowledge rather than the will to cause chaos. Walt thought this change may help Pinocchio become more likable to the audience. After these key changes, Walt thought the story was missing something, something he could only describe as a warmth and love. So he decided to take out a minor character from Claudia's story, the talking cricket, and make him Pinocchio's psychic. Jiminy Cricket was designed to be Pinocchio's friend, who would actually play a major role throughout the whole film, causing the production team to once again go back and redraw scenes. This caused the studio to cut parts of the planned film out in order to rework the story, such things as a planned underwater adventure with a sunken ship and octopus that had to be scrapped. It was reported that 2,300 feet of footage was totally removed from the film. Can you imagine how much money that removed piece of film would go for? Oh, oh my god. Dude, I had movie? this same exact idea. Imagine you worked there and you took a little snippet and brought it home and then that passed down to your kid and your kid and now someone had it. Like that would be worth millions of dollars. See, I thought you were going to go down the Toy Story 2 route where um, someone took it home and it ended up saving the production. Yeah. No, I did not go that route. I did not go that, I did not go that route, but I do know what you're talking about because of Diz's. Toy Story franchise, that was episode, what, 10, 9, somewhere in that realm? No idea. No idea. When you get past 200, it all blends together. At least for me, because I have bad memory. That's fair. So, um, I think it's so funny that they're like, hey, uh, we're going to change the way Pinocchio's drawn. Uh, we have to redo everything, right? So, so imagine you're just, a, you're not one of the main guys, you're a lower guy, and your job is to go through and just rechange Pinocchio, right? Write him, write him, change him, change him, change him, change him. Then, you know, the big wigs get this another idea. Hey, we're going to add a cricket. Can you go back and redraw those scenes again so that we can add a cricket in there? Imagine how much that was not fun. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of insane to even think about. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that there was a three-year gap between Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and Pinocchio. Right? Like, Disney usually doesn't have that long of a gap, with the exception of, like, weird times like the Dark Ages of the 70s and 80s. Usually the gap is not that mm -hmm. long. Yeah. But that would cause it, for sure. But Walt knew what he was doing, as he always does. Walt made the decisions he made, and because of that, we have a Disney classic. We never uh, – so we talk about Jiminy Cricket in this, uh, in this history. I feel he always gets overlooked. <laughs> um when we talk about when and by we i mean like everybody talks about best disney sidekicks why is that because he's a an insect i don't know like you know what i mean like he's a he's, he's a sidekick he's definitely a disney sidekick yeah he's not the main character yeah he's a sidekick to to the main character but um nobody ever thinks of jiminy cricket for some reason i think he could be uh the top sidekick if recognized by the sidekick uh sidekick um academy i guess who, who votes who votes on that i feel like this movie in and of itself is actually underrecognized truthfully because even though not by critics critics recognize yeah, it yeah. the audiences i feel like don't really remember 1940 was a long time ago and the movie does not hold up and um to young kids like we talked about earlier like it is not a movie like, when i have my when i have my kid Pinocchio is not going to be one of the first movies that I play for her. Mm -hmm. It's just, but uh, as you get older, I don't even know, if, like, I don't know when 
people would even start liking this movie. Like, what age you have to watch Pinocchio at, Pinocchio at to actually appreciate it? Same age as Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, that's a good point. Because in my household, um, we do not play Pinocchio for our kids anymore. Just because of my daughter, she gets afraid of things easily in the smoke uh, part of the movie kind of freaks her out. But also because, like, the smoke of cigars, drinking beer, like, it's just not necessary. The whole, the movie up until it gets to... Um, Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island is like good. And then Pleasure Island kind of ruins it for me. Um, even as a kid, I liked the movie up until Pleasure Island. And then kind of like just goes downhill. And I feel like the ending is good. And I feel like there's some slow parts in the middle. I, I'm like you guys. I did not watch the movie as a kid very much. I didn't see it really until I was an adult. And I didn't wow me. Like you were saying earlier, the music kind of comes back and kind of gets you. Like uh, Pinocchio's song. Like I love Pinocchio's song now. Like Gets, oh, I've got no strings. Yes, it gets stuck in my head easily. Uh, right, it's a great song. Very good. Um, but as a kid, I didn't, I didn't care about that song or anything from that movie, really. Someone in chat said, "Oh, but you hear, you know, you hear a song from it everywhere in the parks." I guarantee you, if you play that song with no lyrics, people could not even tell you it's connected to Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Uh, I, I, I agree with you, Alex. Like. I feel like it's become so more associated with the Walt Disney Company. And that can be traced back to 1955 with the creation of – or 1954, sorry. The creation of the Disneyland TV show when they decided to uh, make it the theme song. And at that point, it becomes more associated with the company than it does the movie. Although I do actually have a couple of trivia questions for you guys that's not in the history um, related to I've Got No Strings. I've Got No Strings is heard in a Marvel film. Which Marvel film? Is Avengers Age of Ultron. Yee. And Jimmy Why do you know that? A because that was one of my favorite uh, thing. I, I watched that trailer so many times because of that song. Mm -hmm. It was so it's, it's it, like, literally gave me goosebumps. Pinocchio singing it as Ultron breaks free. Yeah, of it's, his it's terrifying. Wow, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's amazing. I should. And secondly, Jiminy Cricket appears in another film in the animated Disney canon. I, less of a question because people don't really know this movie. He appears in Fun and Fancy Free, oh, and he's the narrator of one of like the narrators of that kind of ties the two stories together in that film. So clearly, they thought Jiminy Cricket was popular enough back then to make him a significant enough narrator in that. Film. I feel like he could be now, like if they used him for stuff, he could. You know how they kind of use characters here and there. I think I think J Jiminy Cricket has enough. Um, Noriety that he could be used for whatever they want him to be used. I think they would use Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Jiminy Cricket, though. Mm. I feel like they want to bury the live-action yeah. version and pretend oh, it didn't you think so? Like the live-action Lady and the Tramp, too. Oh, well, that movie they, was They just... pretend that thing never happened. What? Yeah, because it didn't. It didn't. It was decent. What? Oh, I thought that movie was one of uh, the worst uh, pieces of film that I've ever watched oh in my, my life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Disney does not do live action animals well. They do not. Animal they movies. do not. They do not. Besides they Jungle really Book, don't. Jungle Book really is. It's Jungle Book only, was very good. good. Jungle Book was very yeah, good. Uh, I haven't exception. seen Cinderella or Maleficent, but I've heard good things about them. And I, I, Beauty and the Beast was fine. Aladdin's when it goes downhill. Beauty and the Beast was good. Maleficent was very good, which is what well, it's not even called. Maleficent. It's called. Um, yes, it is. Oh, oh Maleficent yeah, or yeah, Maleficent yeah. Two? No, yeah, Maleficent Two is Mistress of Evil. You're right. Um, I didn't watch Maleficent 2. Maleficent 1 was very good. Gave her some depth. Aladdin was good. I liked Aladdin. Aladdin was good. No, just, just good. I didn't Aladdin was it. good. It was just, it was just good. Well, I liked how they used you can't uh, culturally accurate against. People. You can't hold it against the, the animation because the animation is amazing. 
So like, yeah, you know, it I didn't have a Will chance. I love Will Smith as the genie. I'm gonna say it. Yes, I'm gonna say it. I loved Will Smith as a genie. Thought he did very well. He was fine, but he had an impossible role to play. And like, I didn't hate his role, but it also didn't really. Slap I'll tell you me, this. You know, my wife hates Will Smith. Hates him. Right? She was mad that he was gonna play the genie. Turned her around into liking him in the in the movie. That's how good he did. Uh, I listened to that soundtrack a lot, actually. It's a great soundtrack. I, yeah, it's very good. I the only the only part that I hated of the movie was the new song, the uh, speechless. I think it was called. Or oh helpless. yes, that was not a good song. Yeah, I was uh, like, what are they doing? How helpless was Hamilton? Yes, yeah, I think it was speechless then. <laughs> I pr- I did prefer Hamilton to yeah. live action then. Yeah, uh, I think we got a little Hamilton off edges it slightly. Mike, I, uh, but I do love the Bollywood touch they did in the beginning of the movie. That was a very good way they kind of nodded to Bollywood. Due to Snow White being such a success, the production team felt the pressure to produce another hit, so they took their time and did not want to make any mistakes. They continued common practices like using a rotoscope in order to use live actors for references. They also used physical models, such as an actual wooden puppet of Pinocchio, in order to make sure the drawings were as lifelike as possible. The clocks in Geppetto's workshop were drawn over pictures of life-size models. The team even went to the extent of creating a miniature of Stromboli's wagon and filming it as they ran it across a path in order to see all the bumps and movement. Once done filming, they enlarged the frames in order for animators to create relief cells from it. One of the animation directors, Wooly Ritherman, states later that they experimented with many new techniques and worked hard on creating realistic models and drawings. There were so many different angles, 3D effects, and thrown-away animation that they were spending close to 25000 for a half-minute shot. Walt eventually had to stop the team in order to conserve spending. Some of the most difficult scenes to animate were the ones that took place underwater, and effects animator Sandy Strother even kept a diary of his struggle creating these scenes over the course of a year. The animators placed a great amount of detail in waves that were closer to the audience than those that were further away to create an illusion of depth and retraced the waves on the animation cells with blue and black pencils to create a more sculptured look, leading to an impressively realistic result for the 1940s. As the animation team was hard at work, Walt focused on casting high-profile voice actors than he had for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Popular singer Cliff Edwards, commonly known as Uke Ike, was cast as Jiminy Cricket. Walt fought to have an actual child actor voice Pinocchio, so 11-year-old Dickie Jones, who had previously been in Frank Capra's Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, was brought in to voice a puppet. Looney Tunes legend Mel Blanc recorded all the lines for Gideon the Cat in 16 days, but it was eventually decided that the character would be mute, and all of Blank's lines were cut with the exception of a hiccup. Just like Snow White, music was a big part of the movie and was used to move the story along, so Disney brought on Lee Harline to write the music. He had previously worked on Silly Symphony's short cartoons such as The Band Concert and The Grasshopper and The Ants. Finally, the masterpiece completed, Pinocchio opened nationwide on February 23rd, 1940. Dude, what a legend to be like, oh, we're going to cut your lines. What? That'd be like cutting out Edwin, like you guys talked about a couple weeks ago with Babes in Toyland. Like, such an iconic voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you just completely cut out the act. That's crazy. And how about those waves? Dude, those waves are really good. Even, like, watching... Like, like Chris said it earlier, um... When you watch Snow White, you don't appreciate the art until later. And I'm I'm just I'm a uh, I love the scene with the well. I've talked about it multiple times on Disney. Though that wave scenes, all the water scene in this movie is amazing. Like they it's so well drawn. It's ridiculous. What I don't understand is how the cameraman held his breath for that long underwater. Dude, just Disney, man. 
maybe a quick fire, quick fact will let us know. Let us know that <laughs> the whale scene always scared me as a kid, among many other scenes. But uh, you see a lot of whales in New Jersey. The, um, I mean, I didn't go in the water, so I have no idea. It scared me. I wouldn't, didn't want to swim in the water if it was swallowed by a whale. It was just a scary scene because he's all alone in the whale. It's like creepy. I don't know. <laughs> something about it. Isolationism maybe scared me more than the being inside of a whale. Uh, between that and the kids turning into donkeys by drinking soda, I just started drinking soda again last year. <laughs> it was a really, really long run. Was it the soda that made them turn into the donkeys or was it being on Pleasure Island? I thought it, I always it was thought uh, I always was under the impression it was the soda. That's a good question though. I thought it was beer. You read the curious. book? No, it was like sarsaparilla or something, wasn't it? <coughs> a root beer? Root beer, maybe something like that. I love that. sarsaparilla. Uh, what, what what changes boys to donkeys? As you're looking that up, I'm wondering: Does this film have more villains than any other film in the Disney animated canon? Because we have Honest John and Gideon, his sidekick. Yeah. We've got Stromboli, the Coachman, and Monster. Yeah, that's that's five villains. That's a, lot kind of, of a lot. That's a lot for a Pinocchio boy to take on. Mm-hmm. And literally none of them are brought to justice. No, they and they even show like later that the donkey people were still being sold, right? Oh mm-hmm. yeah, and you know what it is. Um, so uh, RJ, you were right. Once the boys have spent enough time being bad, they begun they begin to succumb to the horrible curse that exists over the island. Uh, presumably placed via ancient dark magic rituals by the coachman himself, which turns them into donkeys due to making complete uh, donkeys of themselves and <laughs> behaving like destructive animals. So, but I think the first time that the boy grows the donkey ears, he's drinking the soda, and I think that's why. Mm-hmm. It, oh, uh, when Lampwick grows the ears. Yeah, I think that's why I thought it was the the soda. So I can drink soda again, like stress free. See, I would definitely watch a prequel film about the coachman doing dark magic on the island. Like, why is donkeys such a big business? What kind of magic does he know? How did he learn this magic? Why does his face look that way? Like, I have so many questions. (laughs) I feel like someone has a a script to write. It's like kind of the biggest... I'm on it. I think it's the biggest told you so in the history of anything. It's just like... Uh, he told you shouldn't be doing that. Told you so. Like, why are they turning into donkeys? I think he's just basically like, "Yep, told you shouldn't shouldn't have been doing that." Now you're now you're an animal. Yeah, and the original stories were darker than that. So imagine what happened in the original stories. They turned into donkeys, but like without with they only had three legs. It was very hard for them to walk. Were they drawn by what's your name? Oh, Mary Blair. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was Mary Blair's was goat, uh, arch right? nemesis. The one less leg instead of one extra leg. Gary Mayer was the reverse Mary Blair. <laughs> um, I I love how Wall had to fight for an actual child to portray a child. Like <laughs> it was very uncommon at the time. Even if you look at the 1960s with the Peanuts cartoons when they start out with uh, "Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown," mm-hmm. they they had to fight to get actual children voicing the characters. Even then, like two decades later, it's so funny that they're, they're, because they're just like kids can't do this. They can't use their voice to pretend like they're kids dude could you imagine okay so picture this right they go through all these like we just read the history about how all the in-depth details they go into to make these scenes right and nowadays people just digitally make things happen could you imagine taking like the best animators and putting them back in the 40s and making them make a movie oh uh, have like the avengers but disney animators what? i think that was the what was it the nine old men yeah yeah, the nine old men. Imagine the, the taking Avengers them, of Disney animators. What? 
You said the best yeah, animators. Those were the nine old. So men. we're gonna assemble. To, we're gonna assemble. Of today. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna assemble okay. the Avengers of Disney animators. Okay, fine. Okay, we're doing. Yes. The, okay, and we're gonna take them and transform them in the 1940s and make him make oh. a movie. I imagine they would have a really hard time. Oh, I'm sure. Living up these standards. But the this this the skill for these guys back in the day is like insane. And then like we said before, the animation or not the animation, the artwork holds up so well. I imagine if you show this movie to somebody, they'd have a hard time placing it in the forties. Like someone who doesn't know anything about anything. I think that's fair. I think it's say, fair to say. Oh, what was it made in the eighties? The seventies? Especially when they remaster them over time too, because they preserve that natural. Art. They they preserve the natural like beauty of the art, but then they remaster it so like the like the wrinkles are out. That would be that a fun game hard. for game night. Take a random screenshot from a Disney movie that's not very common. Like you have cell. to figure out what year it was from based on the art style. Yeah, that's pretty good because like uh, movies like Winnie the Pooh. That sounds like a game I lose. <laughs> movies like Winnie the Pooh don't change over time much. Like right. the animation style. Look at many adventures like of Winnie the Pooh insane. in what seventy seven, although technically animated before, and then two thousand eleven's Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of be hard. Be interesting to see though. Although the film's beautiful animation and deeply engaging story were immediately praised by critics upon release, who stated that this film was superior to Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the film unfortunately underperformed at the box office. At a two point six million budget, double that of its predecessor. The film limped along, making only somewhere between 1.4 million and 1.9 million. World War II contributed significantly to the slump, as the film could not be fully released in European and Asian markets. Ultimately, Walt Disney Studios charged off a 1 million loss, and Walt entered a state of deep depression. Despite the initial lukewarm public reception and the critical outlook on this film's aesthetic, beauty, and fascinating tale, has only become more predominant into the following decades. And today, this film is considered one of the most significant and gorgeous animated films of all time, with its impact on Walt's Disney company being enormous. The film's opening song, When You Wish Upon a Star, would become the company's theme song starting in 1954. That song would win the Academy Award for Best Original Song, and the film would win for the Best Original Score, the first of only seven Disney films to earn these awards. However, Walt was unaware of the future impact of this film, and his grief was palpable to his workers. Luckily, there was some hope for him, a deeply personal project he'd been working on that would also be released in 1940, a film by the name of Fantasia. So When You Wish Upon a Star uh, is the unofficial theme song. Is, is I think it, it's not official, I mean, right? I don't know if it's ever been made official for the company. Maybe it has. I know it was the official theme song of yeah. the like Walt Disney's Disneyland show when that originally was released. Right, right. So it's like the unspoken uh, official song of Disney, I guess. We could do. Anyway, um, I always associate When You Wish Upon a Star, like when I was younger anyway, with Cinderella, because at the beginning of all the movies, you see the castle and you hear mm-hmm. When You Wish Upon, like the rendition of When You Wish Upon a Star. Yep, I did too. Yeah, and it's hard to, and then you're like, oh wait, it was from that movie about the wooden guy with the with the insect at the top hat. And um, Great synopsis. Thank you. Um, if you want to know more about this, uh, please tune into episode... Um, 239 of the Disney's podcast. Uh, we do have to, unfortunately, talk about the live action real quick. I don't want to. Oh, do we have to? Yeah, just like 30 seconds. Really bad. Hey, I have a hot take. Um, I prefer the live action over the anim- animation. Might I ask why, Alex? 
I think it's uh, funnier, which I'm a fan of. I like comedy. It's uh, more interest. I like I like just the way it, I like uh, the way it goes about. I love that uh, Geppetto is in the rain carrying a fish uh, around, calling out for Pinocchio. Like, why is he bringing the fish? Like, the he fish does that in the animated one as well. Pinocchio. Yeah. I know it just doesn't make sense. But I think uh, no, I do. I do actually prefer the animation. Speaking though of the fish that you mentioned, the uh, fish uh, and the cat Figaro. Figaro. Figaro, do you know what Disney character Figaro ended up becoming the pet of Minnie Mouse? After, yep. oh, yeah, Figaro is very, very prominent. I think Figaro has more of a prominence in Disney culture than uh, you could say Pinocchio as a character. I, you see, Arguably. you see Figaro a lot more in Disney culture than you do uh, Pinocchio. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about Figaro. I believe I put it in quick fire, quick facts as well. Very interesting history behind that character. The Guillermo del Toro version came out last year of Pinocchio, and I did not get to see it yet, but I heard very good. It was things interesting. About it. Yeah, I, I liked I liked the dark. I liked the take on it. I liked uh, because like when I watched that take, I was like, oh my god, this is set in Italy, and so and so timeline. Like I didn't wouldn't realize when it was set. I figured like oh, it's set in Italy a long time ago, right? But then his is set in Italy, like right in like w- the World War era, or maybe I got it wrong. But um, I did like that take on it. When I was younger, I always thought Pinocchio was in Germany because of all of the woodworking. Yeah. But then when mm-hmm. like I didn't realize when I was younger, like Geppetto, Pinocchio. Right. Yeah, exactly. Figaro, like I didn't put two and two together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, actually, that would have been arguably worse if it was set in Germany. That would I think that it would have been it would have probably done worse on this release. I can't imagine because. If people had that bad of a view on Italy when it came out in 1940, um, when do you think this movie could have come out and done better? In like 1935. Yeah, it's just, no, it just, it just probably 1950s. Like any other time, 50s probably because, do really well because you have to. Uh, I would love to know how long this embargo of American films was for. They couldn't release those movies those places for obvious reasons so i wonder when that was lifted or when it was uh put in place so be pretty interesting to see okay if they were this much earlier this much later it would have been uh maybe even better than snow white i think it's also worth noticing that you know a lot of cartoons and films at this time that had italian characters or were set in italy really played into italian stereotypes you even see that in a lot of the older mickey mouse cartoons and I'm very pleasantly surprised by the fact that Pinocchio really doesn't play into Italian stereotypes and tells its own story, unlike a lot of cartoons around this era, and even a lot of the war propaganda that happened in the 1940s. So I think that's kind of a really nice change of pace from Disney, especially if you get to the Silver Age at some point, you'll see a lot of really offensive things that Disney had in their movies, and this is a nice breather yeah, from that. you are right. It's, it's set in Italy, but that's about it. It's, uh... Like and there's Italian names. There, it's not like uh, like you said. It's not insensitive, culturally insensitive to Italians at all. Which is uh, and that's probably why I thought it was German when I was younger. <laughs> Are you okay, I was Alex? The same option. That's why Chris thought it was German, German because he wasn't like, hey, <laughs> there was like no spaghetti. So I was like, ah, oh, must, must, must be German. There is an older Mickey Mouse cartoon where Mickey Mouse works for a pet store. The guy who owns the pet store is an Italian immigrant. And he has every Italian stereotype you could possibly imagine. Like, you go out to eat a spaghetti and meatball, thickest accent imaginable. The way he's drawn comes across as incredibly offensive. Jeez. Like it's, I think there's, it's a, bad. Uh, there's a viral video. So, you eat the spaghetti. Is that the guy? 
Oh no no no! That was the uh, three bears. Uh, they made the three bears, but um, somebody touched my spaghetti. Was the question? Oh yeah, see, they made the three bears uh, Italian. For some Adam says in chat they even call Pinocchio restaurant the Village House like it's German. Yeah, so it's like uh, I don't know. What are Italians known? Are Italians? I guess are Italians known for woodworking, or is that just Geppetto's hobby? Uh, up in the Alps. Okay. Yeah, it's a very large country, so I imagine. Quick fire, quick facts. Let's go. The film features seven songs, When You Wish Upon a Star, Little Wooden Head, Give a Little Whistle, High Diddle Dee Dee, I've Got No Strings, and reprises for the first and fourth songs. Pleasure Island was originally called Bogeyland. Bogey, not Boogie? That's Bogey. I know, but it's not Boogeyland, it's Bogeyland. Wait, what would Boogeyland be like? Like you sh show up and it's just like disco music everywhere? That'd be well, I was thinking awesome. more like Boogeyman. Boogie Land. No, Boogie oh. Land, just where everyone shoots three over par. <laughs> so we have a bogey on eastern side at four o'clock. Figaro was Walt's favorite character in the film, and he even pushed for a separate series of a short cartoons centered around the character. Three would be made in the late 1940s. Children's author... Maurice Sendak, who wrote Where the Wild Things Are, stated that Disney's portrayal of Pinocchio was superior to the original books and praised Disney's focus on Pinocchio only being bad because of his inexperience in life, and that his desire to be good, coupled with his support system of unconditional love, helped to show a positive living environment for children. Hi Diddle Dee Dee is the first villain song featured in an animated Disney film. That's cool. That's definitely one of those... Um trivias that would definitely stump a lot of people yeah i i, I yeah definitely we heard this thing that although audiences were unable to flock to pinocchio the same way they had to snow white and the seven dwarves there's no denying the cultural impact of the former the true artistic genius of walt's animators shines through in pinocchio from the incredibly emotional characters scenes to the bright joyous musical scenes to the incredibly dark and terrifying sequences throughout in the parks Hello there, this is gang. It's a man on the ground, the Giles Garmin, bringing you another installment of In the Parks, this time for Pinocchio. I heard that RJ's on the show for this episode. Just wanted to thank him. He really adds a lot of class, and he does a fantastic job when he's on. Now, I've been walking around the parks all day. Really would love to use a Peloton <laughs> or a stationary bike right now, but instead I'm doing research for Pinocchio. Pinocchio could famously be seen in some meet and greets in the Italy Pavilion over in Epcot, as well as some parades, but he's been seen less recently, him, Geppetto, and Honest John, making some individuals think that they're being phased out. The movie's also been seen in some nighttime shows, for example. Pinocchio can be seen in the bubbles in Fantasmic and famously in the now-defunct Wishes Fireworks show, Jiminy Cricket was the narrator. Also at the Magic Kingdom, there's Pinocchio's Village House, a restaurant that is quick service and has paintings and a thematic nature of the Pinocchio film around it. You can get some subpar flatbreads there and also look at the It's a Small World boats floating below outside the windows. Oh, look, who's that? That is... Wow, it's Doug Flynn of the Montreal Expos. I can't believe that Disney World got such an incredible athlete to be here at Pinocchio's Village House today. Oh, wow, Mick Vukoda of the New York Islanders. 
This is really <laughs> remarkable that Disney's able to get such incredible C-list athletes here at the park. Now let's talk about Pinocchio at some other Disney parks in the world. Perhaps the most famous way that it's seen is Pinocchio's Daring Journey, a dark ride in Disneyland Tokyo, Disneyland Park in Anaheim, and Disneyland Paris. It's essentially the same idea as what one might expect for the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh or Peter Pan's flight in Walt Disney World, but takes guests through the Pinocchio story instead. Looks like I've made it to a circus now. Don't really know why I'm at a circus. It doesn't really make much sense, but I'll try to find my way out of here. Until then, though, this was me, Giles Garman, with another installment of In the Parks. So, Honest John's in Pinocchio. Did, did you know that there's also a dishonest John in the this universe? You're talking about, like, Prince John? No, he's li the literal name is Robin? Dishonest John from the 1962 <clears throat> ABC uh, one-season-long animation uh, show called Beanie and Cecil. And the C6... Oh, what does Dishonest John do? Uh, basically the same, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's not like a live pool who's the opposite of Deadpool. <laughs> he's actually... Uh, he's a mobster, apparently. That's awesome. Yeah, so you, you could uh, look... And it's, it's, it's Disney property because uh, it aired on ABC. Not Disney animation, oh. though. Disney Cruise is no ordinary vacation. It's an adventure, a fairy tale, a dream. Step aboard and discover where favorite Disney characters meet fun for the whole family, where total rest and relaxation meet the ultimate escape and excitement, where a dream vacation meets a magical cruise. Only on Disney Cruise Line, where magic meets the sea. To book your magical Disney Cruise Line vacation, go to sandpipervacations.com today. Hey there, fellow Disney enthusiasts. Scott here from the No New Friends podcast. Now, I'm not here to shamelessly plug the No New Friends podcast. No, I want to tell you all about the Diz His Goof Troop or Patreon. Now, you hear Joe and Jen and Chris and Alex talking about Patreon all the time, but I wanted you to hear from an actual Patreon member how cool it is to be a member of the Goof Troop. You get exclusive access to early release, show notes, and then my two favorite aspects, the cutting room floor material, the things that you don't get to hear on Spotify or Apple or any other platform that you listen to. And there's a lot of mistakes and a lot of really funny things that happen in that cutting room floor. Also, you get access to the live recordings. And I'm going to tell you, these live recordings are fantastic. Between Alex's mispronunciation of words or just Joe being silly or Chris making a really funny joke, it's worth the price of admission just to watch the live episodes. Plus you get to chat and interact with some amazing Goof Troop members that have me rolling on the floor in laughter first thing in the morning all the way till I go to sleep at night. It's just so much fun. And I wanted you to hear it from an actual Goof Troop member how cool it is to be a Diz His Patreon member. Just visit their website, dizhiz.com and click on the Goof Troop link for as low as $2 a month. That's only $24 a year. You get all this access, and it's worth it. Trust me. Dizhiz.com. Click on the Goof Troop link. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site, Sorcerer Radio, on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. Chris, what'd you do this week in Disney? This week, 
I um I don't think I talked about this last week, so no, I think I did. Never mind. I built a Lego set that was Mandalorian themed. I think I talked about that last yes, week. Yes, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, so I looked at it this week. That was the Disney thing I did this week. No, wow. I also um I, the what I did this week in Disney is yet to come because I plan on watching the new Disney Plus hit show Echo, starring Echo from Echo. Echo. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say starring Alakwa Cox. She was no, I didn't know her name, but we'll add a little bit in. For uh, us, it's Echo for Marvel Snap. For, for, yes. Yeah, for me, starring Kingpin because I cannot yes. wait to see uh, Kingpin yes. again and Daredevil. Uh, I watched a little bit of a fight scene and from one of the trailers, it looks really cool. It has an M TV rating. Really Ooh. excited about. So they, I, I feel like this is going to be one of those uh, Netflix esque series that we saw with Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Iron Fist, where it's like uh, it's a little. And prettier. Jessica Jones and Punisher. Don't, too don't too many. Jessica Jones, Jones I actually liked uh, a lot, actually. Uh, especially when Doctor great Who was the villain in that one season. Oh, David Tennant, great season, season. great yeah, season, really good. Really excited to dig into that show. Uh, R- R- RJ told me all five episodes are releasing tonight, so that's actually they something are. that Disney. I don't know if they've ever done that. Mm, Disney, on Plus, Disney Plus. Yeah. I don't think they've. If they have, it's been a show like High School like Musical super, or something. Like yeah, low yeah. Whoa. yeah, not something that like the three Sorry, of us. Whoa. High School Musical, the musical. The but, yeah, they release in eight minutes currently as of us. Recording. Oh, very cool. Yeah, very excited to watch that. Um, I hope that we get a, uh, uh, a maybe an after credit scene about like a teaser for Daredevil. That'd be really cool. Why are you so focused on the after credit scene right now, dude? We got to watch the show and enjoy the heck yeah, out that's, of that. That is first. true. I also hope that. We see who bought Avengers Tower in this show because it takes place in New York. So maybe it was uh, my guess would be um, Kingpin, and it'll be yeah, yeah it'll be Fisk, Fisk Tower. It's either got to be Fisk Tower or the uh, Fantastic Four building. If they reveal it in this show, it would obviously obviously be Fisk Tower. I'd be happy with that. We'll see what happens. You don't think it's going to be Danny Rand Danny Enterprises? Rand Enterprises. <laughs> I haven't heard that name uh, in years. Alex, what'd you do this week in Disney? What'd I do this week in Disney? Um, you know, it's funny. I'm going to talk about more next week on Disney because I'll be finishing it. But we did start a movie. <laughs> we talk about this movie next week because we'll be finishing the movie by next week. <laughs> I'll be finished Echo by tomorrow. <laughs> I can't keep saying that name because I changed Alexa's name to what I keep saying and she, and and they keep I'm like oh, I'll never say that word in my office. <laughs> I've said it like eight times. Wait until the I show know. starts up and they're like, "Hey Echo, what's going on?" I started we started watching a movie because we're like, "Hey, let's put on an older movie that might, you know, get the kids tired and they won't really focus on it." And so we put on a 1999 classic. Now, I'm going to name an actor and you figure out you can figure out what Disney movie this is. It's live action, okay? Ready? Jeff Daniels well, the live-action 101 Dalmatians? Nope. It's 1999. Braveheart? What? It's a... <laughs> Say Braveheart? <laughs> Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> oh, my favorite alien? My, f- my favorite, favorite Martian. Martian, yes. Oh, I think I've seen that. That sounds so I've familiar. I've never seen I it. Unfortunately, I've never seen it. And we put it on, and um, boy, was it made in the 90s, because it has some oh, yes. scenes that aren't really for kids. Um, but we powered through it anyways, and, uh, we haven't finished it. We watched probably a ha- maybe a quarter and a half, quarter of it, maybe a little more, uh, had to turn it off cause it was time for bed. Oh, but, um, I rented this from Blockbuster back in the day. 
Did you really? Yeah. I I don't. I'm pretty positive. I've never seen this in my life, and uh, so far it's pretty good. I like it. I can't wait to continue watching it. It's a quirky movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I I love those type of movies. Um. Oh, my favorite Martian. Wow. I I did not know that was a Disney movie. Yep, that was a Disney TV movie. series back in the '60s. It says. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. With yeah, Giles Jarman. <laughs> you mean Giles yeah, Jarman? Yeah, that, that, that too. Um, definitely a good movie. Um, for sure. Just they definitely it was made in the '90s for sure because they had just have some scenes that are a little too. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't. I wish I had known before I started watching with my first grade daughter. But you know, whatever. That's it. That's all I did this week at Disney. I, I'm I, I'm gonna uh, really enjoy you talking about it for the next month. But uh, so as you finish the movie, I'd like to know how you like it. I love how Alex is convinced it's a good movie for sure, even though he's only. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. So far. Opening title sequence, amazing. So, RJ, <laughs> yeah, <was> pretty good. <laughs> RJ, what did you do this week at Disney? Still working my way through everything Star Wars. I'm in season two of Clone Wars right now. Wow. I still can't decide whether I like it or I dislike it. Like I, I can't figure out. But um, I'm still watching it, and I'm deriving a degree of entertainment from it. So I suppose that's. Can I something. can I ask you a question about that, RJ? No. So. Yeah, if you want to. I, when I watched Clone Wars, I feel like I like it more when I'm not watching it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I appreciate the story. There's some stuff. very dry yeah, I appreciate, like, because being, like, a year or so removed from those earlier seasons, I can look back and be, oh, man, this the, the, the three-episode story arc of the battle, this was so good. And I forget all those, like, mm-hmm. really bad episodes. So it's like when I'm... The Jar Jar Binks episode? <sighs> when he has to play the other... The, the other, uh... Per- when he has to pretend to be a Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like you don't remember those. So you remember all the good stuff and you love the show. And I think that's what makes the show great is that uh, you get to see these characters that we saw in the live action. We get to see their story told a little bit more because like the here's the you know, seeing Anakin and Obi-Wan together and fighting in the Clone Wars is just awesome. Uh, seeing Jar Jar Binks pretend to be a Jedi. Eh, not so great. Side episodes are great. The side episodes are great. So you are entertained mm-hmm. by it at the very least. Mildly entertained by it, it sounds like. Yeah. It does get know. better. It does get like there and, it and does. I, mm-hmm. I feel like I've the heard. writing for the show is overall is very good. Like the ongoing story of the show. The arc. Yes. The mm-hmm. some of the single episodes are, you know, throwaway episodes are yeah. But um this I, I'm very impressed by uh, as the show goes on, the how they because when looking at it, it looks like it's for a show for kids, but it's it's not. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. It gets pretty violent in some episodes, in some scenes. It really does. Um, what else have I done? I since the last time I was on the show, I watched through all of season two of What If each day. I have not releasing. watched the whole season um, yet. It's incredibly uneven, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like I like some episodes a lot. I thought the episode with the Avengers in the 1980s was incredibly yes, fun. Yes, it was. Um, that was really good. I thought the episode about Hela was super fun. I thought the season finale really just really and wasn't great at all. And so I just think it's very, very... Was the 1602 episode good? Because I'm reading the comic right now and I really like it. So I was kind of excited to watch the episode. I got a kick out of it. It it wasn't the best in the season, but I certainly walked away like, oh, I enjoyed it. I didn't like how they released a new episode every day. It was too overwhelming for me. Oh, I Uh, loved that. It was way too overwhelming for me. See, I was on a trip at the time, and so it was kind of nice to wake up on my trip. The first thing I did was I watched the episode, and then I kind of went about my day. Did you have a good trip? I did. It's good to hear. Um, and then 
I've been watching the current season of Celebrity Jeopardy, which is uh, airing on ABC, which is Disney IP. Owned by Disney. That's right. so, uh, I think that's everything for me. Next week on Dis His, we're going to go something old school. We're going to bring on back on RJ. We're going to bring on Ryan. And we're going to do a debate episode about the top, our top five, our personal top five sidekicks in the Disney universe. So what we're not going to utilize is Marvel, Star Wars, anything Disney has uh, bought throughout the years, but things Disney released, live action or animation, and our top five Disney sidekicks. And that will be next week's episode, a fun little debate episode. And for you guys who love Neils and were missing out on it last month, uh, we will have a Neils wants to know segment as well. Got to ask you guys, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best, how bad do you think Ryan's top five are going to be? Which which was the worst? 1 is the worst. 1 is the worst? Yeah. 3. Mm. I would be generous. 3. That's a nice that's a nice number. That's a very nice yeah. number. Uh, um, I would say 1, but I'll give a magic point and make it 2. Negative 10. <laughs> so thank you for listening. If you have not got enough of us on this episode, head over to our link tree, which you can find in all of the bios and all the summaries of our episodes, our social media. Head over there. You can join our Patreon to hear even more of us stuff that hasn't reached the episode. And you can uh, listen to all the old episode, uh, Cutter Room Floors, too. It's not, um, it, it's not retroactive to when you join. It's forever. So anything that we ever post on our Patreon, you will have access to. If you want to buy our merch, like the Steamboat Willie shirt that Alex was talking about, you can head over to our Tee Public on there. And just don't forget to follow us on the social media where uh, RJ does an awesome job updating the Instagram on a, uh, on a weekly, well, more than a weekly basis. But he updates it daily, weekly. I think it's a good way to put it. If I may, I'm a little bit lonely on Instagram. If people listening, if you just wouldn't mind going on the Instagram, just message the Diz his account hi. Uh, I just kind of want people to tell me hi. It's kind of lonely it over is. there. So please tell me hi, and then I'll... I'll tell you hi back. I don't know. That'd that make me kind of yeah, happy. Yeah, like some of the comment. We love comments. Comments are great. That's the His on Pinocchio. I'm Alex. I'm Chris. I'm RJ. Thanks for listening. Have a magical week. <laughs>